Chapter 75 You are now listening to The Chapter of the Architect with DJ Architect. Hey, what's going on, my peoples? Once again, this is your homeboy, DJ Architect. This is Chapter 75. In the studio with me today, we got the big homie, Big Sherm, in the place to be. Sherm, thank you for coming in, man, and, and spending some time with me in the studio, brother. How you been? I've been good, man. I've been uh, better than a lot. And, um, you know, I mean, I personally have been good. My household has been great. How you been? Oh, brother. <clears throat> well, you know, obviously, you know, I've been going through it. Uh, listeners of the podcast, I'd like to apologize for not putting out an episode in quite a while. But the reality is, guys, COVID exists. It's real. Yeah. It's at your door. It's to your left and to your right when you go get groceries. It's it's around us, man. And unfortunately, uh, December 18th, my wife got COVID from one of her co-workers. I think, I think it was a total of four or five co-workers that got infected, got sick. Let's see, Wednesday, they found out that the first person was infected. My wife took some time off uh, from work to go get tested because um, what's the word, Sherman? She's high uh, risk, high risk, right? She has asthma. And um, sure enough, Friday, she tested positive. And guys, this is something you guys have to understand just because you test positive on a specific date. It doesn't mean that that's the start of COVID for you inside your system. You could have been positive and in, uh, infected three, four days prior. You just at that moment acknowledged you have COVID due to the testing, but you could have been infected three, four days prior to the actual uh, acknowledgement of the test. So I looked at my wife and I did something... Now, looking back on it, I did something very ignorant, Sherm. I looked at my wife and, you know, logically, I thought to myself, well, probably been infected for the past two or three days. Uh, I'm just guessing here, right? I'm, this is my wife, guys. So I'm sleeping in the same bed with her. We've been around together for, uh, you know, the last several days because she's been off from work. The smart thing to do was to probably immediately quarantine and separate but i looked at my wife and guys there's a look this is i'm not saying to do this i don't condone it but there's something in me that i, I looked at my wife and then i said you know what i probably already have it because we've been around each other you know nonstop, and really not protecting each other uh, as far as a uh, face mask or quarantine, I said, I probably already got it. So I'm going to ride this one with you. And my wife looked at me and she goes, you know what? That's brave of you. And I was like, well, I probably already got it. So let's let's go. <laughs> you know, I'm going to tell you something, guys. If that were to happen again, I suggest to you or not. And obviously what we're going to do is I'm a quarantine. If she gets it first or if I get it first. Because you learn from mistakes, guys. You need someone inside the household that's healthy to have the energy to take care of everyone else that's sick. And I'm not, you know, obviously everyone's still going to be quarantined, but someone still needs to cook and, and, and make sure people are taking their medications and all that good stuff. But when all three of us got sick, that's... My wife, myself, and my mother-in-law, who's 70, 73, I believe. Damn. Brother, we were, we were hurting. And as the man, even though I was hurting and I was in pain, and uh, more so um, the shortness of breath was kicking my ass. Uh, and the fatigue, it was, it was crazy. But my, I know my wife was worse. So 
I had to endure a lot of going up and down the stairs, preparing breakfast, making sure my mother mother-in-law was okay. And at the same time, we didn't get mild symptoms, guys. We got a good ass whipping for three weeks. It was a good ass whipping. It started off, let's see, Friday. We got the news. Saturday, we started getting mild symptoms. Sunday, my wife gets a fever. So, it, you know, within two days of us knowing. This was before Christmas? Yeah, this yeah. was like the, the 18th, 19th. And then to make matters worse, on the 19th, I get a call uh, from my aunt letting me know that my mother had passed away. Damn. So we're expecting, we're like, we know this, the symptoms will be hitting us soon. We don't know how bad. And then I get a phone call that my mother passed away. and uh, Non-COVID, right? Non-COVID. No, she she had Alzheimer's. She was battling for several years. And unfortunately, God bless her soul, man, she passed away due to that. Was that anywhere on your radar? I mean, yeah, we were, we were, we had word that she was not doing well. Okay. So it wasn't unexpected, but you can imagine, man, the, the stew of, of emotion, man, you know, it, it, it was, uh, and like, as you guys know, on the previous podcast, I was going through some and still am going through issues, but it was, uh, it happened. Let's see. Sunday morning. I recall. Uh, which was the, probably the 20th. I recall making some chicken soup. I still really didn't have any symptoms, so I'm making chicken soup. And I'm listening to YouTube, and I'm, my mother's favorite band is the Beatles. Hmm. So I'm playing a lot of the Beatles songs. Like, this is, like I guess, my moment to grieve for my mom, you know, and I'm cutting the vegetables, and I'm crying thinking about my mom. The very next day, we, we got hit hard, man. That's like when uh, the body aches really started coming in, the fatigue. My wife started getting a fever. Her, her mother got a, a fever several times. I never got a fever. Uh, no migraines, no headaches. I hear that's an issue with some people. But the biggest thing that that we noticed was the, the fatigue and the shortness of breath. So, guys, listen, I'm not a doctor. All I'm going to say is is what helped us. <laughs> don't don't go ahead and utilize a vitamin that I suggested or I spoke of and say and say you know I'm responsible. I'm not. I'm not. You a drank doctor. Lysol. What was that? You drank Lysol. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. Never mind. All right. I did not. <laughs> Guys, so what we did was we prepared, we, we had a, a oximeter. That's very important for you guys to have because when you guys start getting shortness of breath, and specifically when you start coughing so much, I mean, you, we would cough so much. I remember I would get dizzy, you know, and I would just see stars like somebody punched me in the, in the, in the forehead. Mm -hmm. But the walking up and down the, the stairs, by the time I got to the, the top stair, I was winded, man. Like, I felt like I had just sprinted. Damn. You know, and I was like, holy shit. And more so, I was tired. I was fatigued. Body aches. It was just, it was a rough period, man. It, it was for all three of us. You know, the funny thing is, regarding my mother-in-law, for the first week and a half, she really had little symptoms, mm -hmm. like small symptoms, uh, fatigue, maybe a little cough here and there. Uh, no shortness of breath. She was okay with that. But going on to week two, it started to hit her hard. I remember one morning, I'm downstairs, and it's about 9, 9.30, and she's usually she's usually up pretty early in the morning. And I go upstairs to the, the bedroom to check on her. I'm like, hey, are you okay? She goes, I can't get up. Mm. So I, I help her up. I think that day we all decided to go to the hospital. It might have been three, uh, maybe two weeks in. Mm -hmm. um, we decided to all go to the hospital to get medication. So they took x-rays and they gave us uh, steroids. President. Right. I think the second day that we took those steroids, man, that medication, it, it, it we started turning the corner. Mm -hmm. It really helped us a lot. We started getting a little bit more energy. Uh, but my mother-in-law was getting beat down. 
the very next day, my wife wakes me up. My mother can't get out of bed. Mm. I go help her up out of bed. My wife has to help her in the bathroom. And we call my sister-in-law who had COVID. When she got back, um, her and her family went to Mexico for Thanksgiving. They came back. Apparently, they they got it somewhere in the airport. So Mm. she was in the hospital for, I believe, two weeks. At this time... My wife, all three of us still have COVID. Uh, we'll st- we're still hurting. And w- my wife called her sister, who was already out of the hospital, out and about, returned to work, and told her, hey, come pick up my mom, take her to Scripps Hospital mm. in Encinitas. And sure enough, that's what she did, because my wife and I weren't capable of taking care of her. We were still process of recovering so mm-hmm. we're still fatigued you know mm-hmm. but sure enough my sister-in-law comes takes her to the hospital and my mother-in-law was in the hospital for i believe a week oh yeah. i didn't know that yeah that's crazy i, t- I talked to uh some paramedic probably the week of or no maybe the week after christmas and he said he felt like he was just a door dash for that steroid so he was just getting calls uh, because, I mean, they were seeing that it, you know, not everybody could realistically come into the emergency room. And so basically, there was 911 calls, and they were saying, all right, wait one, we're going to send you a paramedic with some steroids. And so they were hooking these people up with steroids so it would give their lungs some, hey. give their lungs the strength that it needed. That's uh, excellent, man. Mm-hmm. That's excellent because. Yeah. Not a lot of people were able to drive. Mm-hmm. When we went to the hospital, there weren't many people in the waiting room. I would say I had six, no more than seven. But every person in there was in there for COVID. Because every process that we did, they did the same thing. Huh. Yeah. Because they were, they were, I mean, there were signs on the door when i went there for my back that said if you have covid symptoms please do not come past this like sliding glass door but wow yeah they changed that for this was uh this had to be uh, december and the 20 uh, maybe sometime after christmas you know they had tents out yes um, at the beginning yeah i don't know if they had them here now but i think they had a triage center in the parking lot and the numbers weren't cranking the way they expected them and then they got hit real hard in december with uh riverside county when i went when we went to the hospital they uh, they were putting up tents mm-hmm. there was still plenty of space inside of the waiting room but there was about six or seven people in the waiting room, but everyone was there for the same thing in mm-hmm. COVID. Mm-hmm. COVID. Now we're we're still recovering. There there are moments of fatigue now and then. Uh, but what makes it scary? What makes COVID scary? You know, my wife has asthma. And she has this machine where it's like a you put like a oxygen mask on, and there's like a steroid that you know you. You put into this machine and she breathes it. Mm-hmm. And the first time we were aware that she would have to use this machine, but it was upstairs. It was a downstairs. So the first time she got one of her attacks of coughing and not a, not being able to breathe, I go rushing upstairs, <clears throat> come downstairs inside the bag. There's expired medication. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She goes, oh, no, this is expired. I'm, you know, my mother-in-law is already on the way up. She comes back. She has it. And uh, listen, guys, I know it sounds very stupid, but they're growing pains. You learn from these mistakes. And, you know, after she utilized her medication, I, I had a talk with my wife and I said, listen, Obviously, this is not going to be the last time that you're going to have this attack. You know, what would happen is she would start to cough mm. and it would be nonstop. And it happened to me, too. And every time you're coughing, guys, you're you're exhaling wind out of your lungs. And if you don't get a chance to inhale, you're choking. You ain't got no you got nowhere. And that's what was happening with her. So I told her, I said, listen, in, in the future, you got to have your machine connected to the outlet 
your steroid medication adjacent next to it. All hoses, all plugs already connected, man. Just, you know, if you're going to come downstairs, bring it with you. Mm. Let's not, you know, it's uh, right. You're going to combat. You've got your everything you need in and on hand, right? So we learn from that. I will tell you this. There was a moment, even through all this ugly bullshit we were going through with, with the COVID and, and my mother passing away, where, you know, my, mother, my wife and I, we were together for four weeks straight, 24-7. And there was a moment, probably around week three, where we were just downstairs watching uh, some Netflix series. <laughs> the Christmas tree was still up, so we had the lights on. And I enjoyed the moment. It, it might sound odd, but I enjoyed the, the moment because I was enjoying the time that I was spending with my wife and my mother-in-law as well. But most importantly, man, we were still alive. Mm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. a lot of people don't realize <clears throat> this thing is taking and has taken many over 400,000 people's lives, man. And mm. I appreciated that moment. And I just said to myself, hey, man, um, try to, you know, put this, log this into your, your memory box. Yeah. I, I would say to anyone that's listening and you don't believe in COVID, listen, there's a lot of things that can come out of my mouth that would be very abrasive. I but get it. Yeah. I, I, I want to say it, but it really won't do any justice and mm -hmm. it won't give, it won't make the point across the way it needs to be done. Listen, it exists. And if you don't believe in it, I really don't know what to tell you. Mm -hmm. Like people aren't making this up, man. Yeah. For sure. I I mean, you know, in, in 2020, there was a lot of family that didn't talk to other family. You know what I mean? I mean, just because we were separated via or, you know, through politics and whatnot. Um, so my red side of the family, <laughs> uh, you know, blessed their hearts. They got it. You know, they said, screw it. We're going to all get together for the holiday. And they all got it. So um, I did the best I can, even though nobody's really been talking. You know, I mean, that's just how 2020 is. I mean, we just, everybody separated or split a line down, you know, between us. But, you know, I sent them flowers. I checked on them all the time. Um, uh, you know, I have people at work who have lost lots of family members. Um, and... Uh, I reached out to that family and just said, you know, I'm not doing this for shock value. I'm just saying how lucky we are because you guys all went through what you went through and we're all here today. Some of you had pneumonia. Some of you got it pretty bad, but Hey, I'm not here to talk about politics. I just want to say, I love you. And you know, I don't know if you're seeing people fall off, but I am. And I just want to say I love you, and I'm happy you're still alive, period. Right. right. And, I, you know, you leave it at that. <laughs> Guys, the, the, reason, the reason why you have to really take this serious, and, you know, it's unfortunate. I just, I just found out last night that my brother got tested positive for COVID. Mm. You know, I told my brother, I said, hey, man, you're going to be okay. I'm going to say a prayer for you. And uh, maybe that you know, there was like an awkward moment of silence there, you know, but th the reason why I said that is because just mm -hmm. and we got our asses whooped, guys. We, I mean, we was we, we, we got banged up and we didn't get we didn't get some of the symptoms that other people have. Mm -hmm. And we didn't get that. We were lucky not to, not to get that. But we, nonetheless, we were still hurting and it lasted a good three weeks. The reason why I told my brother I'm, I'm going to pray for you is um, it doesn't affect everyone the same way. I Listen, <laughs> when we got well, I thought about it. And I looked at my mother-in-law and I, and I said, this is this 73-year-old lady beat COVID. Mm. My wife, who has asthma, beat COVID. Mm. You know, the, there are kids... Eight years old, young adults, 20, 23, no health issues, and they're gone. Mm -hmm. They're gone, man. 
And 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 you know, my mother-in-law, man, has got diabetes, high blood pressure, like all types of things to make her high risk, man. And yeah. she's here. And why not them? Yeah. It affects all of us in a different way. It's it's like you're playing Russian roulette, man. And you know, you hear a lot too at the beginning of this and even during and even now, just how this is just a flu, right? You know, it's just a flu. It's just a flu. We have the flu every fucking year. It's like, hey, man, I, I, I don't know one person who's died from the flu. Not saying it doesn't happen. Right. I'm just saying this has affected me a little bit more because everybody's falling off like flies around me. And Facebook is all of a sudden an obituary. Yeah. So, uh, okay, cool, bro. I get it. It's a flu. I mean, it's like a flu or something, but... Obviously, you know, we're losing people around us because so could you just shut the fuck up? Right. I mean, that's kind of how I feel. Listen, I I feel the same way, specifically when people have the information in front of them. Mm. And there's and then there's people that (laughs) have the information in front of them. It impacts them directly Mm -hmm. and they still refuse to consume logic. I don't understand it. I don't. The mask guys, the the ones that, I think at the beginning, I mean, they made it clear, we're not wearing masks to protect ourselves. You know what I mean? So this all became a thing at the beginning. Like, you know, we're protecting elderly people in our families, right? We're protecting people who are high risk, like your wife with asthma. You know, we're protecting, we're wearing a mask to protect them. But then... Somehow it got misconstrued to where, you know, end of summer, everybody's like, I'm strong, I'm tough. I don't need a mask. I don't need a mask because I'm strong and tough. And uh, I just don't understand. It wasn't, you know, nobody's wearing a mask to protect your damn self. You're wearing a mask so your spit's not flying in the fucking air. How hard is that to, like, grasp? Yeah. I mean, like, okay, if you don't have any grandparents around you, fine. Okay, but I do. Other people do. Yes. I'm with. My, yes. I, I have my kids see their grandparents all the time. Like, can you respect the fact that I want to stay in my house just because I hang out with elders? I mean, and y'all don't wear a mask because you think you're strong and an athlete. Like, that's. I mean, that's what we're dealing with. It, it, it just shows their ignorance and more so their inconsideration, man. Listen, the people that aren't wearing the mask, don't believe in it, uh, give two craps about uh, the warnings. You know, you you guys are the reason that this thing is it continues to spread. Of course, the different variant of the diseases is, is, is an accelerant. I understand that. But you guys are helping it. And I'm not talking to everyone who's listening to my words on the podcast. I know I, we must, Sherman and I have a lot of listeners that have good common sense and are logic, logical individuals. And, and if you're not, and if you don't believe in this, I, I don't know what to tell you, man. I don't know what to do to convince you. And you know what? I, I, look, I'm alive, brother. I just thank the Lord for that. My wife is alive. My wife's side of the family, as far as our immediate family, man, the kids, the husband, my sister-in-law, my brother-in-law, all got it. His girlfriend all got it. And we're still here kicking, man. So for that, I, I, I'm grateful. My mom, Maria Esther Lopez, great lady. I'm not going to go into too much detail because uh, I want to do something special with my brother and talk about my mom on a, on a separate podcast when... Whenever he pulls out of, of uh, his COVID situation, man. But my mom, always a great person, sweetheart, love her. She was a sweetheart, man. And everyone loved her. She was a hustler. I would always go to Manhattan and uh, would buy gold, cologne, clothes, come back, flip it, <laughs> make money, make profit. And my mom was a hustler, man. Very intelligent woman. Rest in peace to my mom, Maria Esther Lopez. I, lo- I love you and I'm, I'm always... I'm always going to be with you. I know you're always going to be with me. And I pray to God that I see you one day. Sorry for your loss, bro. Oh, man. Thank you, brother. It just—it was just terrible timing. But I will say this, man, and, and, and it kind of reminded me. 
you know, there was a moment, man, where I was like having conversations with God and I was like, hey, man, give me give me one punch at a time. You're giving me too much. You know, I felt like I was being overwhelmed. Hmm. Um, but what I realized is at the time that we got COVID and the, the very next day, my mother passing away. What I realized is that it forced me to be around family, being my wife and my mother-in-law. We had no other choice but to be quarantined. I think back on it now and I say to myself, what happened if we wouldn't have COVID and I would have found out my mother had passed away, my wife goes to work, Mm. my mother-in-law is not here. How many bottles of vodka and whiskey and beer would I have downed? And gone through and uh, waddled myself in in pain and pity. I like that way of thinking. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, Who knows, man? Who knows what could have happened? But I think that's God's way of of working things out. Like, what what were the chances that I were to get COVID? Yeah. And the next day my mother passed away. What were the chances, man? You couldn't do that again if you wanted to, right? Yeah. And because of that, I had family constantly around me. I couldn't drink alcohol because I was, you know, obviously on medications. And we lifted each other up and it kept me it kept me sober. It kept me busy taking care of my wife, taking care of my mother-in-law. And, and maybe, you know what? God did that, man. God did that. He knew exactly what needed to happen so I wouldn't crash and hit the wall. Uh, losing your mom, man. Hey, losing any parent is is uh unbearable but that's what happened that was my experience and and i know god was like you know what let's uh keep him surrounded by family and let's make sure he doesn't drink i like that carlos yeah man i like that yeah and guys talking talking about medications i totally forgot you know we were taking zinc zinc tablets uh which helped vitamin c we were taking upwards of uh i think it was Four thousand milligrams a day, sometimes maybe less. Vitamin D, baby aspirin. Uh, we will alternate from Advil to Tylenol. A lot of uh, a lot of tea, guys. A lot of teas. I'm gonna tell you this tea that my mother-in-law used to make, and it, it helped with the phlegm. Uh, you take four oranges, you cut them in uh, in quarters, peel and everything. You put them in a, uh, a, a pot with water. Uh, maybe one or two lemons, quarter them, peel and everything, put them in there, and then you grab three tea bags of your favorite. You know, you could even mix up the tea bags, and uh, you boil it, and that's your tea. That's your tea. Oh, I'm 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 missing the the most important. I don't know if it's the most important, but ginger, hmm. sliced up ginger ginger into bits, and it helps with the phlegm, guys. I'll be damned. It's January. We're we're still at home getting over COVID. And then you send me a text message. You see what's going on in Washington, DC. This was January sixth. Yeah. And I was like, Well, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're I'm over here making uh, oatmeal for my my wife for her breakfast. And I turn on the TV and I'm like, What the hell what is going the on? Hell. So I I uh had a parlor account. Uh, kind of one of them, not really a troll account, but it was just something so I could see what the fuck was going on on parlor or parlor. You know, you hear uh, all those pundits tell you to download parlor, so I knew something cool had to be going on there. So I downloaded it and I was watching for weeks. Man, it was uh, it was probably two weeks after the election, and I mean, daily I would see political hit lists. I would see uh, new groups forming inside Parlor that would freak your shit out. <laughs> like, oh. I, uh, there's no moderation or no like there wasn't there weren't any moderators. And to to block messages or yeah. or whatever they right. they was just free. So basically, you could be like, okay, this is who we're gonna get. This is when we're gonna get them, and this is how we're gonna get. That's them. crazy! And wow. So it was pretty wild. Um, you know, I shit. Uh, 2012. I've said it here before, but 
I was big on conspiracy, man. I was I was a conspiracy fool. And you and I would get down on talking about a lot of that stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? But yeah. so this this movement is basically uh it's it's conspiracy's greatest hits. And that Trump though is the only way out of it all. So basically you take every conspiracy, this cue, right? You take every conspiracy that we've ever discussed the possibilities of this, possibilities of that, but then you make Trump the top of the pyramid, and that's Q. And it's 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 weird. It's so weird. So it's either like people who never even knew about conspiracy, they're all getting it now, but Trump is the savior. <laughs> it's it, up, it's so wild. And he was the president wow. of the United States. So um, anyway, I would, you know, you would see these people talking crazy stuff. I mean, we have people in Congress talking about how uh, Israel was lighting our California fires with lasers from outer space, like Congress people. And I mean, we, we, we put ourselves in a really weird situation with conspiracies. I, you know, it got to go, man. It, 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 the way that these guys did it, it makes you think that. Well, I think I had a conversation with you before. How? Um, excuse me. I think the government <laughs> was making conspiracies less attractive. And like in a in a sense to knock out people like Alex Jones and all those people, so there was a big like uh, blackout. There was a big like these people are retarded for thinking this, and everything kind of went that way. And so then it took the trash or garbage from that situation, and then Q was formed, and President Trump was the <laughs> leader of Q. So. Anyway, yeah, man. I saw I saw him parlor, and I got to see the dates and everything, like when shit would be going down. I got up at five o'clock in the morning, maybe even a bit earlier. I was teleworking, or I was no, I was tele teleworking. I got up at maybe four thirty, four forty-five. I got up, and I remember I posted on Instagram. I said, "Get your popcorn ready," <laughs> wow, because. These people were just saying it straight up. This is what we're going to do. We're going to go see Trump talk, and then that's it. We're storming the Capitol. I mean, they base they had a they had a plan, like drawn out plan on where to meet and when they were going to storm it. And you know, you had Rudy Giuliani say trial by combat. combat. And, you know, everybody, fuck off to anybody that says Trump didn't fucking incite anything the last four years. Even, you know, okay, yeah. in that speech, he said the word peacefully. I get that. But, you know, that that guy made some crazy, crazy people. And it, it was really interesting to watch. Fuck. Yeah. No, <laughs> you, you, you have Trump saying, uh, let's go to the Capitol. Mm-hmm. Dude, remember when he said, you know, there's nothing you people could do about it, but oh, well, you Second Amendment people can do something. And that was talking about Hillary. I mean, the guy always tried to do stuff under his breath, like just to try to like his fuck his dream is to get people to act on his words to do some crazy shit. You know, well, you know, what took the wind out of me, man, is when I saw a. A Marine veteran mm -hmm. with the Marine hat yeah. in this turmoil. Mm -hmm. Look, guys, <clears throat> I'm big enough to realize we're not all going to see and agree on, on everything. I, I, I That's fine, right? But the Marine Corps is, is a military branch of service that I'm extremely proud that I served in. Whatever my political view, religious view, personal view is, I'm not going to bring the Marine Corps Eagle Globe and Anchor into that conversation because that's separate from who I am as a as a human being. You understand what I'm saying? That needs to be separated from any political view. When I saw that, I said to myself, another black eye for the Marine Corps. Like, Marine Corps doesn't co-sign that shit or my personal views or none of that. None of that, man. So therefore, I don't 
And that goes for all branches. I know yeah, you yeah, put an yes, exclamation yes, on, yes, on yes. Marine Corps, but yeah, yes, uh, I felt the right. same way. And so did yes. my family and friends that served as well that saw their branch uh, pull the same, you know, during a coup attempt. I agree. That was tough. That I was agree. Tough. It's, it's just disgusting, man. Yeah. And, I, and props out to... You know, a lot of uh, cringy websites out there. Uh, well, not websites, but like Instagram has, you know, Navy cringe, Marine Corps cringe, and it holds these people accountable. And I, I do like to see that. I do like to see that, you know, the majority of these branches are saying, what the fuck? Right. And they aren't, you know. I yeah, don't, yeah, we're not co-signing that shit. All right. Rivers, brother. <laughs> Sweet, sweet, sweet rivers. It's funny because my brother's like, why you, call them su- why you call them sweet rivers? I'm like, I don't know, man. It's, <laughs> it's fucking sweet rivers. I don't know. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, guys. <clears throat> Philip Rivers, number 17. I still got this guy's jerseys inside my closet, man. Pristine. Always take them to the cleaners. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. If I get some kind of stain on, I'm sitting there with soda water. I got a number 17. <laughs> 17, what, what, how many seasons? Fuck, man. Seven, uh, is it uh, 17 2006? I think it's 17 or 18 seasons. Uh, 16 with the Chargers, one with the Colts. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. That's beautiful. 17, 17, huh? Mm-hmm. Number 17. Season 17. Anyways. You know, I didn't even know he retired until you texted me. That's how much, that, that's how much I separated myself when he went to... Indianapolis, oh, but listen, I, I, okay, guys, look, the gentleman sitting across from me, uh, Mr. Big Sherm, <laughs> Dustin Sherman, he and I went to several games at Qualcomm. Guys, let me try to explain it to you so you understand. When I came uh, from Okinawa, Japan to California, and I met my brother in law. Bear, uh, he he was the actual he was he actually got me into in the Chargers because he was a season ticket holder. It'd be Sunday, like, hey, what are you doing? I ain't nothing. Let's go, let's go watch a game. I'd roll with him, his cousins, and uh, it was great, man. Later on in life, we started making like a big deal out of it. Like we grab an RV and we would roll and we would have a great time. And so many memories, great, great memories, good memories were made at the Qualcomm parking lot, tailgating, you know, all, all, one o'clock game starts, we're stumbling in. <laughs> so losing Rivers to the Colts, um, I would still watch a, a couple of quarters of the Colts just to see how Rivers was doing. Mm-hmm. But as far as the Chargers were concerned, they're going to L.A., that's like... Uh, Ah, we don't. Ah, it, it, mm. ah, no, yeah. no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But when he retired, I was like, hey, man, look, man. I, OK, I have to acknowledge the fact that he never won a, 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 a Super Bowl. That's fine. But nonetheless, he was a great quarterback. He had great spunk. When he was with North Turner, man, he would just throw these ridiculous bombs and somehow you know, Vincent Jackson would snatch it up or, you know, somebody, uh, Gates would snatch it up. They were beautiful moments, man. And I remember being amongst great friends, roaring every time the Charger would would score. I mean, look, guys, wow. I know they weren't a great caliber team that, that never that were to go to the Super Bowl. I understand that. I'm just talking about personal moments with friends that were created inside that a stadium with that team. Yeah. And those are memories I'm going to take to the earth with me or mm-hmm. to the fire. And, uh, you know, Philip Rivers was part of that. And, and I appreciate, you know, what he did, you know, with the Chargers. And it was just a great time. And I have to acknowledge that. It was hard to see the stadium go down and Phillips, Philip Rivers in the same, you know, span of time. Uh, I think I was three months old when Beach Boys played, and I think it was May 1983. Wow. There's pictures. I was three months old, wow. and it was after a Padre game, and we watched the Beach Boys. And I, there's just pictures of me being a three month old kid, and wow. I, I mean, I was there uh, for some great moments. And uh, uh, man, I remember getting my my 
glove. I still have it in my garage. It's my baseball glove. It was signed by Ozzie Smith when they played uh, the Cardinals. I was a kid, and I just chucked my glove at Ozzie Smith. <laughs> and uh, he said, whose glove is this? And I was like, it's mine. Can you sign it, bro? And I still have Ozzie Smith's signature on there. I mean, oh, yeah, he wasn't on the Padres, nice. but it was still cool. Nice. I, I mean, so many nice. great moments. To uh, do backflips on second base. Yeah. Yeah. Ja, so Jack Murph was a big one. Uh, it was weird getting used to Qualcomm, just like it was weird when Oceanside went to a 760 area code. Uh, you know, we were always 619, but anyway, it's hard wow. to change. You're going Been through some changes. You're, you're going back in history. This but is it's, it's real, yeah. but it's real. I mean, uh, uh, Jack Murphy, I mean, that was my shit. So they were, they're selling, selling seats and stuff, you know, uh, you can, you can buy two at a minimum for bucket seats. And so I was going to be there at the beginning, uh, but I kind of was watching how they were selling and you could buy two seats at a time yeah. for, during the destruction of the stadium. Right. And uh, I was kind of watching, and it kind of made me think, all right, at this pace, I'll be able to catch these on eBay in like 10 years or right. five years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, these are, people are going to be trying, like, they just raced. They spent way a lot of money on these things. And I remember kind of seeing the same thing go down with Candlestick. And I, you know, I have my time at Candlestick as well. But when that went down, people are doing the same thing. And so I was thinking, all right, I'm going to wait, uh, you know, a few years, and but I will have those two seats sitting somewhere in my backyard, you know what I mean? That's or dope. even in the garage, I don't Yo, know. Yo, I've yet to I've yet to pass by the old site of Qualcomm because I really don't have no, a reason to go, to, you know, all the way down to San Diego, but yeah. I'm sure it's going to be a weird feeling looking to my left and not seeing yeah. no stadium. Anytime I go down the VA, man, that's for that's I, right. I, I make a point to drive by it. Right. When you have an an event, an ongoing event in life every year where you can get with your friends and your family and your mm, buddies and yeah. you can go somewhere to enjoy a sport event that you enjoy. It, look, man, it's, you know, us as, as not just men. I mean, I'm sure females need that getaway too with their with their friends, you know, well, but it was, just, it. It, was yeah. it. <laughs> it was just a great experience, man. It, it was cool. That parking lot was kind of uh, zoned out. Like if you've been there for a really long time. You could almost draw a map to where your old high school buddies would be, like, you know, versus like G2, <laughs> G14, M, you know, whatever in the parking lot. But it's like, okay, I got to go cover this. I got to go say what up right, to my right. loan officer people mm -hmm. and then my military people and then uh, my high school people. And yeah. everybody would be like by yeah. their little yeah. light post in the parking lot. And yeah. uh, definitely yeah. miss that, man. Hey, real quick, man. We're gonna we're gonna transition real yep. quick. So, talking about Fett's prize, guys. We're looking at a copy of a painting that has, guys. If you guys aren't Star Wars fans, I apologize. It has Boba Fett standing right in front of Han Solo, laying down, frozen in carbonite. I thought it was a Native American. I was thrown off. <laughs> <laughs> no? hey, it's dope man that is dope <laughs> the reason why i wanted to show you that because there was a several times where i asked you have you seen the mandalorian have you seen the mandalorian give me your opinion of the mandalorian dope dope so i'm not like as nerdy as you right um <laughs> when it comes Fuck to star you. wars but <laughs> hey for real uh shit man that was dope there was a lot of dope shit some of the things took me back to the OG shit. Right. And that was dope too. And at the end, holy shit. And yeah. then you wait through the credits, holy shit. But yeah. no, everything was great, man. It was Take, dope. Uh, I don't even know what to say. I, I look forward to Boba Fett's series starting, I think, uh, fall next year. Oh, and I think, man, that was legit. Dope, right? Yeah. That Fucking, was dope. It was, was dope. dope. Oh God! That was, but that's like a whole new thing for cinema. I mean, it just made cin like everything that we know about cinema has changed completely, and I just I respect it. I well, think it's well, absolutely legit. John Favreau, the the writer. You know who John Favreau is? I do not. Okay, you ever see uh, Swingers? Yes. Okay, remember the guy who had got dumped? He was a sucker ass MC. <laughs> that's John Favreau. The guy that got dumped, the guy that was in the trailer with the 
Wait. So Swinger? that's Vince Vaughn, right? Yeah, Vince yeah. Vaughn and John Favreau. Yeah, yeah, John Favreau's okay, so a sucker ass MC. Yeah, yeah, he's a weirdo. Yeah, my my girl. My so girl. wait, what about him? He's he was like the writer producer of uh, the Mandalorian. Get out. He's one of the people that hit a home run for Disney because Disney was taking a shit when it came to their the, the movies. Nah, Luke you know Warm what? He's, he's got a he's got a different mind. You he can does, tell that brother. even as an actor. Uh, what the fuck? So is I this mean, guy's that makes name, sense, dude. And I and I fucking love him. He's a fucking comedian. Um, he's a comedian, stand-up comedian, man. Uh, redheaded. You know, he's not. He's bow-headed, yeah. but he's got red no, hair. I got it. He's on Joe Rogan. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's uh, fucking from Boston. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Hey, man, I'm, I'm sorry, if motherfucker. Cam was here, he'd hate um, me right now. I don't know his name. He has uh no. Listen, just to show that I know who the fuck I'm talking about on Netflix, he has a mm-hmm. cartoon show called F is for Family, which is fucking great. Yeah, keep going. I'll, I'll yeah, no, you man. Shortly. So, anyways, uh, John Favreau puts him in. And he says, hey, look, Bill I'm Burr. not... Huh? Bill Burr. Bill Burr. Love him. Love him. John Favreau, he's like, hey, you want to be in it? And he's like, nah, you know, I really... I, 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 be, I crack jokes on Star Wars, you mm-hmm. know, nerds. You know, I be talking shit about Star Wars this whole time. And he goes, nah, man, I think it'd be good just because you have. And he plays... He's on uh, season one, and then he's on season two. The season two portion, motherfucker did an actual... Uh, not that he's a bad actor, man, but... His rhetoric, because we are prior military, and he was like, yo, the Empire, whatever the fucking ranking officer was, was talking to him like, yeah, you know, we go around, we fuck up, we do that, we fuck motherfuckers up, we kill motherfuckers, and he wasn't with it. He wasn't with it. He ended up shooting the motherfucker, man, because he was talking about... The hardships from a foot soldier and what they go through, the people that they right, devastate, right. the lives that they negatively affect. And I felt that, man. He's a good actor, man. Brother, he <laughs> I was like, woo. And when he shot him, I was like, I would have done the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yo, but hey, yo, listen, I, I know that, you doing I, that. I, I, I was like in his shoes. I was like, get him. Oh, get him. I, yo, I, I applaud that performance. And then they gave man. him, they, uh, you know, dismissed him at the end. That's dope. Yeah, man, Bill Burr, I, I, yo, hey. He's like, really? I, I, yo, yeah, I respect and salute that performance, my dude. And then the thing about it, you got to remember about the Mandalorian, they was never supposed to show their face, right? Right. Because that's did. their culture, that's their community. And then the cool thing about Bill Burr's character, he said to him, he goes, I ain't see nothing. <laughs> I was like, yo, that's dope, right? Yep. You know what I mean? Because you have somebody like Burgers, like, I'm going to tell everybody. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> fuck you, burgers. Yep. No, I'm joking. Burgers, I love you, put your nigga. camera down, bro. I love you, burger. I know burgers. <laughs> <laughs> Quit trying to snap shots of the Mandalorian. <laughs> Damn. <Yeah>. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> guys, we bugging, man. Hey, um, real quick, man, what's going on with GameStop and this Robin Hood? I mean, Ugh. look, I, I got, I, I got Robin Hood. I do too. I got Robin Hood. Now they're Robin Hood. So explain this to to the people. What was going on with GameStop this past week? And All right. Um, I I don't know how schooled I am in this situation, but I'll give you my breakdown. <laughs> my breakdown is that uh, hedge fund managers um, do crazy shit all the time, like you know Pete Rose shit. You know, we're gonna bet on my own team, and okay. what happens when Pete Rhodes bet on his own team? He's ridiculed. He's never going to be in the Hall of Fame. He could do jail time if you know they what? really wanted to push it. I, I got no issues with that. I think it'd be fucked up if Pete Rose says, hey, I'm betting on my team to lose. Okay. I, I think that's fucked but up. But hedge fund managers and other people on Wall Street are the Pete Rose of the game, uh-huh. and they are billionaires for it. And there is no focus on those dudes that bet shorts on their own businesses if you know that they mm. could have a failing business and bet shorts on wall you gotta street you got to explain shorts dog we, we shorts we, you're, you're betting f- 
for them to fail. To fail. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's basically you're taking shit. Yankees to lose and you're on the Yankees. And you on the Yankees and you say, you know what, uh, Sebastian, you, 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 you benched. <clears throat> right. And Jeter, you be- yes, I know I'm right. talking about motherfuckers from, from way back oof, ago. I know yeah, motherfuckers. Ancient. Y'all listen. Y'all saying, this motherfucker Jeter ain't yeah, played yeah, since yeah. 2016. <laughs> no, I can tell you what you talking about. I know motherfucker. All right. Just All let right. me say what the fuck I got to say. He's playing defense. That's right. good. You know but what I mean? Anyway, yeah. hey, I mean, that's, that's what the deal is. And now... Uh, you know, I saw a meme that was pretty funny. It was somebody saying, you know, these old people are just like talking to the young folk, like, why don't you invest your money? And then the investors are like, or those young people are like, okay, I'll do it. And then they're like, oh, no, wait, hold up. <laughs> Stop doing that. And it's basically, uh, you know, it's a big protest. It's a big protest. They're, uh, so GameStop. GameStop isn't doing great, right? I mean, Amazon's doing great. Amazon, you don't need GameStop. I got this Oculus sitting right next to me, and oh, guess what? I didn't Oculus later too. Yes, sir. I didn't buy that shit on GameStop, right? right? I bought it on Amazon. Thank you, sir. Oh no, I'll take it. But so anyway, okay. So it's basically uh, Reddit, right? Reddit's like the nerd parlor. They're trying to hang politicians. So Reddit created a forum. Reddit created a forum, which I have been following for years, Wall Street Bets. And I deleted my app, god damn it, like two years ago. And so I got it again after all this shit went down. It's a thread on, it's a forum on Reddit. On Reddit. It's called Wall Street Bets. And so these motherfuckers without me, I mean, I I wasn't there. <laughs> Decided, <laughs> hey, guess what, guys? We are going to take six dollar GameStop and push it over four hundred bucks. Let's go! And so they did it. And so, um, they, hey man, that's they, that's ballsy. No, it's ballsy. It, so, but, but it's it, dope. It tipped the market, right? Lots of big stocks went down. So Robinhood is sketchy because they did some sketchy shit. If I wanted to go on and buy. Some GameStop or some Dogecoin or AMC. They said, nope. I noticed that. You can only sell. I noticed that. You can only sell. And so... um, I noticed that. It was that and Google. Google, just as bad, man, went on and went into Robinhood uh, where they leave reviews and stuff. And they deleted hundreds of thousands of shitty reviews on Robinhood because they took them down. So it's like a mafia, right? It's like a little internet mafia that went and said, we're going to destroy their reviews. They're going to, we're going to destroy the market basically. So really what they're, what they're doing is they're hiding the, the flag that Robinhood would have gotten due to their fucked up actions. Guys. So, I mean, you, so I, I've got this application, right? Mm-hmm. I've got money invested in a couple mm-hmm. stocks in this application. Mm-hmm. Not that I chose to. I was like, what the hell is going on? I really wasn't up to up to par with what was going on. Uh, but they oh, shit. they would not allow you to buy the stock only to sell. Yeah. So then it, I'm thinking, and it was something due to the volatility of the market. So check this. Oh, okay. Sorry. I can right. wait. But. but so I was thinking, well. Why can't I go to another application and buy if I want to be part of that roller coaster? They're doing it too, right? They were doing it too. Yeah, not as much. So the millennial group, I think, is is tagging this one pretty hard. And it's funny because I I think I told you how to do stop order. So basically, you can set a price to where if it, it goes up, go, if it comes down, you sell right, automatically, automatically, right? Yeah, automatically triggered. So the stop order. <laughs> And I got a kick out of this. I have a picture of it. I took a picture. But you can see where everybody's, like, stop order was set at. It was stop... It was... The stop order was set at 420.69. Wow. So, so 420, obviously, pot smoking, time and holiday, and then 69. 69, obviously, right. So, it's just funny. It just shows, like... crazy. It shows the age of this crew that just went on and said, you know what? Fuck you. Like, we're going to... Do you know have our effect? But at the same time, those hedge fund managers, those people on Wall Street, they do the same thing every day. But they're not kids, and they're not people with not a lot of money. And but this is our market. So now it's getting 
it's getting blown up to where we're actually seeing how the market works. And I mean, they do this all the really, time. R- really, it's just grabbing a bunch of power. Right. So the billionaires, yeah. so the billionaires weren't <laughs> hip to this Wall Street bets feed <laughs> and they missed out and so then they started sucking and so then to recover their money they went and bought shorts on GameStop uh, oh. and people inside Reddit were like hold the line do not, do sell. not sell we're gonna fuck these guys and they just keep going because they're putting shorts on GameStop mm-hmm. and we're not gonna let them short and it's working it, so, so now this stock is doing still pretty shit hot Dogecoin is going up so I mean, yeah, I sold everything, and now I'm now I'm I'm following Wall Street bets. Like I've probably checked it five times since we started this podcast. I'm just like, all right, what's the next one? What's hey, the next man. one, guys? <laughs> but do you, in your opinion, does it does it serve them right? These hedge funds does it serve them right to to have the tables turned on them? Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah, they've been doing illegal shit. I mean, people. So yeah, the yeah, the, it's, the, it's, uh, the billionaires are controlling it uh, all the time. Yeah, they are messing. They are doing the same exact way. They're calling all their boys, saying, "Hey, short on this, short on this. This is going to happen." All of a sudden, the the gremlin is on top of the yogurt. Yeah, blue blue collar and up. I mean, these are also millionaires. I, I saw some stuff in there. Uh, there would be pictures from like Egypt. Somebody like screenshotting their photo saying, love from Egypt, hold the line. Wow. And somebody just bought $100,000 worth of GameStop. Oh, and so, so okay, wow. so that's when you got to stop and think, okay, shit, these guys are now outside our country going, we want to we wanna stoke the fire and, you know, watch this shit go down you know and what, be a though, part that, of it. That could be dangerous, though, man. Absolutely. Because it really affect the economy. Now, I mean, and that's what I'm saying. Structure. So what yeah. do you do? What do you do? Wow. But at the same time, if anything, it would be great to expose the a lot, hedge. A, a lot the, of the fuckery. Yeah, the, this is bullshit. There's a lot of illegal stuff that goes on every day that we just go, eh, it's okay. They're not blue collar. They're up there. No, so dude, they it's, control it's, our shit. It, it's nice that a, that a motherfucking fan of, you know, I don't know, Ric Flair says, you know, we got mm-hmm. you, bitch. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Right. Well, we we should all have a taste of the motherfucking champagne, don't you? Not that's think? right. That's right. So if you know, that's why, I'm, that's why I'm watching. <laughs> that's why I'm watching Monday morning. I'm going to be like, okay, hey, guys, where do we where do we put our money next? <laughs> I'm coming with you. Hey, uh, <clears throat> so would you not? Would you recommend not to close out your Robinhood account? Uh, yeah. Leave it open. What do what do what, 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 what are you going to do? There's all kinds of apps. Motley Fool, you know, whatever. I mean, you can open multiples. It doesn't matter. I, I'm going to keep Robin Hood. I like it. If I was going to jump on this GameStop wagon, then I'd be like, oh, fuck, Rob. I just haven't thought about it. I mean, I was following NIO, which is like, it, it's like Tesla of China. I mean, it, you know, there's some stuff that I'm just kind of following and looking at that's not getting that much attention right now. But for those people that did have GameStop, I mean, they're fine. They got their money. <laughs> you know what I mean? They just stop it when it gets crazy. Yeah. But and hey, can you? I mean, yeah. Can you blame them? I mean, uh, no, so, no. All they did was listen, guys. GameStop as a brick and mortar store is is a shit. To fucking <laughs> everybody purchases their game online, or and they, they were Fortune five hundred, bro. Last week, Fortune five hundred right, GameStop. Well, that just shows you the power of fucking the wave of That's masses. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, I I wouldn't recommend you know uh, GameStop is going to eventually collapse, guys. Nah, so people you know, got money to do no, stuff. I'm, I'm I talk, don't. I'm talking about the brick and mortar. Oh store yeah, itself. Oh, that you. shit's oh. going to shit. They, they just grabbed a fucking ugly cow and and put lipstick on her and prettied her up and she went to the prom. It's crazy, <laughs> crazy, <laughs> crazy. My brother Sherman, you got anything to say before we uh, we hide tell it out of here? I didn't think about that. Well, don't go crazy. Don't lose your shit. Don't yeah, hurt guys. yourself. Don't yeah. hurt other people. Yes. Be nice. Yes. Um, fuck, man. Let's, uh, fuck. I don't know. Let's be cool. Yeah, guys. <laughs> Listen, man. The, Calm down. <laughs> the, the COVID is real. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. You're talking to a survivor. Yeah. Uh, so happy to be alive. COVID is real. Um, it's unfortunate that it's still here. And just because 
I went through it. I, my brother just got it. So anxiety, man, worries, they, they, they're still around. And if you haven't been in the hurt locker where you know somebody or you yourself have gotten it and, and got it and still feel that it's uh, a fabricated story, I don't know what to tell you. I don't wish that you get it because I'm not that type of person. But eventually you're going to learn. Eventually you're going to learn. Hopefully God gives you uh, the opportunity to, to put a brain in your skull. But aside from that, guys, listen, take care of each other. Double mask if you have to. I know it's hard to breathe. Um, you guys take care of each other. Once again, guys, this has been your homeboy, DG Architect. want to give a big thank you to my homeboy, Big Sherm. Yes, sir. For taking his time and being here in the studios with us. Once again, guys, we love you. Please take care. Guys, I would also like to take this time out to thank Sherman and his family for taking care of my family and I. When we were sick, they were coming, dropping off groceries at our front door. Uh, greatly, greatly appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for your help. We are out. Peace. DJ Architect.